Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. Just be in earnest. Long, yeah, long moments of blowing spit bubbles. Yeah. So you could just cut to. But that hot, the hot just, few moments of getting to oh, the yeah. meat of a song. Yeah, yeah. When, it's, when it's. Yeah, it'll be around for that, man. That's that. And then. And I, <laughs> I was telling Steve at Losers the other day, I was like, I would love to do an episode every now and then at Losers. Just stare at the corner of the oh, bar dude. and have yeah. two boom mics set up, cameras facing us, and then we just sit and have lunch and a few beers because. The titles that come out of those conversations. Oh, dude. All my titles are bar titles. Hardy was showing me one title the other night, and I saw a list of them, and I go, I won't say it, but I said I said one of them. He goes, give me that. I was like, good, that's a title? Dude. (laughs) No, man. He said, Merry Christmas, and put my name by one. I busted busted a guy last week. Right, We were talking about stuff. We were talking about doing all the time on Zoom. All that stuff, and I finally got time for title time or anything. And like, eh. he finally said something. I was like, I was like, man, I like your first idea. He's like, what? I was like, I was like the first idea you said. He goes, he goes, that was it. I was like, no. I was like, you said one about three minutes when you walked into the room. You said one. Oh, I was like, a lot of a lot of people would be speaking in tongue or title <laughs> and not realizing. Oh, no, it. oh, no. And supposedly, what's your face? Um, My wife speaks in titles. Who who who, who, is, who is the girl that, that was married to Merle Haggard forever? Uh, the the songwriter girl, um, uh, Monica um, Lewinsky. No, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> but 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 she was a girl. But supposedly, all she did was because Merle. You can imagine the drunk buddies that came over. Oh, and, she would and, just collect and, and, titles. And she would just write down because you could imagine because that's would just a valuable be, girl. Dude, that's you could a imagine. Valuable she girl. just, she just. Uh, what was her name? Lauren. Uh, she, but she wrote some. Yeah, she wrote some. But yeah. Tell just, you what, Merle, just do not let your babies grow up to be cowboys. <laughs> and she said, she's. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, which, you could imagine him sitting around there. That would be just holy shit. Did Merle uh, live in Nashville? I don't, I don't mean he he, he kind of stayed out west. That's what okay. I'm trying to figure out. Like, was that whole was the outlaw crew Nashville base? Wait, Waylon was here. Uh, Willie Willie was well, Willie was here. His son Waylon was here. He had yeah, Waylon yeah. was here. Willie was back and forth between Texas and is is Merle Texas as well? No, Merle was Merle was like Merle Oklahoma. was Oklahoma. Like, oh, he was yeah, a yeah, yeah, he was an Okie from Muskogee. Yeah, and and but but but, but 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 then he was, he was like living in Arizona. I mean, he was just that because he because he was originally from California. That's where he did time and all that and all that kind of stuff. So he was all. He what did Merle do time for? Like theft, man, like armed robbery or something. Dude, seriously, I mean, he, he, he was he, on that yeah, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he went in like when he was like nineteen or twenty. He went in and did. In fact. Either that he went and did his whatever seven years or whatever. Merle did seven. He, 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 he did yeah, a whole yeah, stint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. A, he 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 he, he oh, did it right. He, he did at least a nickel because sentence, he did that. Got out. Got out. Started. Uh, got out. St- started doing stuff and everything. And after he got successful enough, his, the governor pardoned and expunged his record. So technically, he wasn't came asked. out with a clean record. He, he you was, say he got sentenced to fifteen, at, Alex? At eighteen years old and burglary. Yeah, Since yeah. as an adult at eighteen for how many fifteen and did seven, uh, came yeah. out as a twenty four year old and said, "I'm going to Nashville." But he but he famously wrote like "Mama tried and right." Stuff. Sure, he I turned twenty one. He did turn twenty one in prison. 
I didn't know how real that was. Mama tried. Mama tried. Mama tried. That song song is airtight, by the way. It is. That song is freaking, oh my God. I turned 21 in prison doing life with no parole. Doing life without parole. No one can steer me right, but Mama, Mama tried, tried. Mama tried. Mama tried. Mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied. <laughs> that right. leaves only me to blame. Mama, Mama tried. tried. Fuck. What do you yeah. want? I mean, yeah. dude, it's thinking about thinking about that whole movement of just like the Willie Whalen, Merle Christopherson. Um, it's just and Johnny Cash is. It's humbling to get to like. In a way, following those footsteps, oh. and I love Music Row for what Music Row is because uh, though it is changing, ever changing, uh, there's still like that spirit of Music Row. That's why I got. That's why I really wanted to get the the '75 Cadillac and drive. Like I just wanted uh, it uh, well, to well, have well, down well, here. Well, because well, it's guys like you, guys that come, like the, the guys like you and Hardy in particular that come that are game changers. That actually, as opposed to. Step and repeat once again. We we talked about that last time. I think that there are vast majority of them are replicators, and then you have creators. Yeah, yeah. So those people that can kind of come along and truly advance the ball, not just not just not just take it to the next logical little spot, but chunk a pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cover, cover some yardage. Yeah, but I think you know? I think a part of that too. If that if that's what I am, I mean, a lot of it inspiration wise is going backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. Going back so far to where it's not. I'm going back to 2008, like the 80, the 70s, 80s, early 90s oh, dude, yeah. is is something that I feel like, you know, just as style does it 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 circulates. But I feel like right now, but you know, but, real but, but, shit. But, but but you know what's cool about you because I watch you do it, and you you're you're so capable of going back and grabbing. And and, and and grabbing serious classic standards and stuff. But that's all got to filter through that, you know. Yeah, whatever what, this what, is. Yeah, that, 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 that thing some people might call a head on yeah. your shoulder, that brain, that well, for, lack of a, for, a for brain. lack of a better word, brain, <laughs> that thing between your ears. Yeah. And um, so by the time that all comes through, there you go. Yeah, it's you're my, right in the middle my of version of it. Because you're right in the middle of I'm going to do a country classic song and you throw in an earth, wind, and fire chord right in the middle of it because, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey. Yeah. That's, that's what makes it nice. That's, yeah, but it's cool. I mean, I, I know that. Our little squad gets called the Modern Day Outlaws or whatever. Somebody was like, we should be called the Bandits. But I just think, I think to your point, without us realizing what we're doing, if pushing the envelope forward is like, if this is going to be an era that people look back on in 30 years, that's like all I ever wanted as a kid. I didn't even know that this is what I was going to do. I just wanted to be a bullet point in a book somewhere when people look back and, and think about it. And that's what, and that, and you're a bullet point in a book that, that I, I, I want to be like, dude. I yeah, I, I just I just yeah, I just wanted to be a songwriter. I, really, I never thought about being an artist. I never. I just wanted to be the, the idea of being a songwriter. Yeah. About but you were raised in Nashville. She actually heard because I didn't. You didn't get to hear. You heard a few of those little rumors about the songwriter going on this thing. But to be around here in Nashville, because yeah, because the songwriter life is it's really the best, especially now because you're half artist. Yeah, and yeah. that's a grind, dude. As you well know. Yes, that's a grind. It's man. almost a it, for where. For where songwriting happened for me, to to commit to the artistry thing, it's kind of like having your left foot sliding further behind your right f- or in front of yeah, your right foot yeah, because yeah. I could I could be fine just being a songwriter, but there's just like another ego corner of me that needs to be tickled on the artist side, where like sometimes I write a song and just 
I but, want but, that to be mine. But 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 you know what though? Also, as a song as a songwriter myself, I mean, we all know we all know that the death of a songwriter is you go and your your best work possibly quite possibly goes with you. So having the artist thing, especially like that, that yeah. is one of the reasons why. I want a big loud to be like it was, to where it wasn't this old school thing where everybody's scared. Like, let's scare ourselves out of cutting as many songs as we possibly can on this list. Yeah, yeah. Let's absolutely. Yeah. Let's just go down the list and just scare ourselves out of every one of these. Yeah. Like, no, let's let's put the shit out. Put them so, out. So so yeah. So at least I would like to think on this. Like, we can at least put it out there and and. It went out there, and 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 most as is most of the time. There's some song you think is amazing, nothing happens. And then one night, one night you're in a bar, and some some dude comes dragging up the stage. Hey man, you're my favorite man, dude. You're my favorite. My, my favorite song here, man, is yeah, it's gonna be like great. Cool, my fan base. Cool, cool. There's there. Cool, there he is. That looks there like he is. Looks like I reached somebody. That <laughs> that, that there he is. Yeah. There, that's great. That yeah, was, dude. I mean, a humbling business because we. It's easy to write a fast food song, you know, and fuck. We got all the things put in a song, and there's a, there's a song. But like a lot of the times, as writers and as artists. We really do like pour a version of our own personal self into these songs and we could leave the room that day and be like, this is the one I feel so connected to this song. Yeah. And you turn it into a, somebody that matters and you're like, mm, that's okay. I wish that melody was different. And it's mm. like, oh, <laughs> we're really looking, right for back. We're really looking for some tempo. And I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it's that, hard to write a sad tempo song, coach. That's, that's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, but but it same t- yeah, shit, you know. Yeah. So, all right, what we're going to do this this oh, episode. Oh, oh. See, see, we're already making the same uh, mistake yeah, we made no. last time. But this is what we're Holy shit. This is what we're This is what we're going to do this episode. I'm going to grill you. Going to grill me. And I'm going to need your answers. Okay, wait, wait. Let me start by saying a few years ago, so this is this is where this is no, 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 no. So this this is this is where things go off the rail. So like a few years ago, they were talking to me, but they were talking to me about doing a TV show, right? And 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 we had a publicist, Jensen, you know, who does sweet top publicity. You know, she's like the girl in town and everything. And she was in the room, and somebody and somebody was like, yeah, 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 Craig. So this I was like, well, of course you need some media training. And I'm like going like. <laughs> Who couldn't be more like I am? I, lo- I love I love the camera. Yeah. I'm me and the camera. I am yeah. and Jensen. I was like, well, I don't need media training. And just was just like, oh my god, yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, Craig. Oh my god. Oh my god, yes, you. I was just. But it turns out I'm a little. Um, well, that's that was me yeah, too. I, I, concision, I concision. That's a concept. I mean, yeah, you know, no, no. But concisions kind of like kind of kind of like you know. You know, having water instead of beer, like I, I could, I could, I, mean, I, could, I could, but I then could. again, it's not really beer. I sat in here and did a forty-minute Zoom of a media training session during the middle of quarantine, and um, I, I answered most of the questions right, and the ones I answered wrong, I kind of felt like I was answering wrong before <laughs> I even opened my mouth. And it was all this, and you know, she was worried because she had she had a job to do to tell me. And I was like, "Look, dude, I'm obviously not going to say this shit." <laughs> if there's like, yeah, if I, this matters, like, this doesn't matter. Well, I'm I'll up, say what I want to say. I'm up tight, girl, give me media training. She would stroke out. I would oh, be yeah, like, uh, yeah, they got the wrong person yeah, media yeah, training yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, today I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm we're gonna dig into Craig. The Wise's key is career. to not say more than three times. So that that way it's eloquent. 
No, three times. Just three times. Okay, we, All right, we got it out of there. So I just I want to dig into your career, dude. We talked- no, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay, sorry. okay my career. Here we go. Here okay. Go. All right. No, we're, we're gonna do this right. We're gonna do Sorry, the media, sorry. the media trainers are just gonna be like, oh my god. I wanna I wanna talk about this, Craig. You we're gonna go backwards here. Live like you were dying. You wrote live like you were dying. And and I'm not the type of guy to like quiz a guy I'm writing with while we're writing. So I've never really asked you, how did that song come about? Man, it was really, um, it's funny. It was, it was seriously, it was made up on the spot. We had a friend of ours, me, me and it was, it was my dear friend, Tim Nichols. <clears throat> and I probably shouldn't say anybody's name because it's still around, but there was a, uh, I, I was writing at a, at a publishing company. There was a young guy there who, um, you know, early 30s had just like had his First baby the year before, all that kind of stuff. He goes for a physical. His wife, like, you got to get insurance now because we have, we have a kid and all that. He goes for a physical, and they take an x-ray, and they're like, uh-oh. And this guy was kind of a little hype. He's one of those guys, anyway, you could tell. Give him something like that, and he would friggin' just auger in. You know, just yeah, yeah, you kind of yeah. have hypochondriac to start with. Now he actually has an x-ray. And, um, oh, no. <laughs> and... And we and we were all just like, wow, man, this is not cool. So of course, like oncologists and all this stuff. So it was like, holy shit. Well, it turns out the good news is it went. He went to this oncologist or something, and the guy took the X-ray, and he goes, and the guy goes, look, man, what you got is he goes this thing. I think it was like this mass that's supposed to hold your lungs like to your rib cage when you're a baby. Mm-hmm. It's like this super glue, sticky stuff that's supposed to just. It's supposed to just dissolve be, over yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, dissolve like, into the yeah. body like like almost immediately. He said he goes he goes that's all it is. He goes yours didn't dissolve. He goes he goes he goes there's no problem. That happens with some people. You know this is not going to kill you. And the day you die, this won't be what kills you. Mm-hmm. So we had just kind of gotten that word. So Tim came in and asked about him, and I was like, man, oh my god, word just came out this week that all that was all that was for nothing. Would started talk would start us talking on. Wow, what about that? We just talking about, talking about some friends and stuff. I had an uncle who, who got some such a strange. They figured out he had leukemia, but he had to like go to Mayo Clinic to even figure out what it was. And but when they finally figured out what it was, it turned out they were like one like the mildest chemo treatment. This is totally survivable. It's like the best leukemia you ever want to get if you get it. Mm-hmm. But in the time he didn't know that he was already older by then was and was successful. He retired from his job and booked a shark dive in Belize. And and he was that kind Upon of guy. Learning him, yeah, 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 yeah. So he was he's in Mayo Clinic waiting for test results, and he's like, "Screw it, I'm, I quit my job and everything, booked him." And it was just that whole thing. So we, so our thoughts started turning to that thing of, as opposed to, just shutting off and going going inward. What if it was this thing of it was a wake up call as opposed to. And yeah. I finally, and, and finally, we talked for thirty minutes. And I finally was like, "Man, there's got to be a song that, like, you know, dying to live." I was like, "Live like you're dying, whatever." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, wait, stop, yeah, that one, that one." And as soon as he stopped me on it, it was that angelic moment. I grabbed my guitar and I immediately, I started the chorus. I started diving because we, we had talked about some, somebody who'd been skydiving or whatever, and yeah. rocking around. And I didn't know the middle part, but I knew the second part. Then I knew I, I was like, "There's this climb here. There's oh, deeper in this." But, yeah, trying to like, where, where is that? What is that chord? Like, oh, it's that gospel three thing. Oh, deeper, and we kind of got enough of that. Tim had to go like both his sons were playing like in a baseball or something or something. He had to leave early that day. Um, 
I went home and did enough of that night. I, that was like on a Wednesday. I had a Friday session, so Thursday. Do you know where Tim Nichols' kids went to school, by the way? By chance, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Was it uh, did he go? Did they go to like FRA or? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it was Frank or CPA. Wasn't it? T- it was I, FRA. I think it was FRA. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, but anyway, was, so Thursday night, I called him and I was like, "Well, I want to put this thing on. A, I want to put this thing on a session. I kind of got this thing going." And I'll never forget. It was midnight Thursday night. I went into my living room in my house. There was no lights on in the total dark. That was back when we just had those wireless phones with the antenna on them. And I laid on the floor of the living room in the total dark, and we wrote the second verse just there. And I was still trying to figure out. I was like, because we had that. Watching Eagle Eyes, it was flying. I was like, man, we need a we need a really really better line there. We need that really good right before the hook line. And I was mm-hmm. I was saying something about man, there's like like only things like you know, forgive, you know, give forgiveness. I was like forgiveness, I'm, and just to make it work. Forgiveness, I've been denying. I you, and I was trying to say you've been, but I was like, no, that I've been denying. It was like, yeah, that's the thing. That's that's the thing to, for you to let it go. Mm. I was like, yeah, so. So that, that's how it happened. I mean, it really was worked. that kind of the last button on it? The gave yeah, forgiveness that, I've been denying. Was that kind of like the oh, that was it, yeah, moment? That was it. Everything else was done. It was all God. So was yeah. that a good old fashioned Nashville tracking session? The demo? Did y'all yeah, go and yeah, yeah, track yeah, 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 yeah. So Friday was in there, and 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 a lot of the guys that are classic, yeah, man, sure. you, know, you know, Tony Harrell on keys and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. JT Cornfloss on guitar yeah, and stuff. Course. And actually, there was no intro on the song. I actually said, I don't want to enter. I just want to I have my I have my guitar in the vocal booth. And I was like, how about just a just this climbing thing? I was like, just do that, and then it'll be. Done. Said I was in my, and so the and, and we all know trying to get these guys to communicate well on charts. They're in five different rooms out there, yeah, right? Yeah. But it started and Tony Harris right piano started going, and then they just kind of started doing it again, and I just kind of let it go. And they were kind of looking at each other, and I were looking at me and everything. And I said I was in, and there it goes. And it was just the like double, the so double even, ended up being. Yeah, 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 yeah. So even then, I had hairs on the back because it really was this thing. Yeah. We were all just sort of, and I think that vocal I did for the most part on the demo, probably about three quarters of that was what I sang in the booth there yeah. that first pass that one. It was just, dude, it was really... Do you have the demo around somewhere? I mean, obviously not oh, yeah, for right yeah, now, but like, yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear that demo someday. You got it, man, yeah, yeah. Well, that is one of those songs that just like, it it never doesn't hit when it's still... I mean, it's like, w- whether we're in a round or it comes on the radio or in a playlist or whatever, it's like, you can't skip through it because you just got you to lock in for it. It's an event. I, I have to admit, to I mean, because we're years after the fact now, man. I mean, it's... Um, 15, 16, no, 16, 16, 16 years now. Years. And to do, and you know, you know, how it is, you know, you have a big, you know, you have kind of a big number one. People sing along, and then, and I've been with enough songwriters through the years where they had a huge hit four or five years ago, but all of a sudden, not quite so much energy out there. That song, I can still, to this day, I've done a bunch of different crowds. It doesn't even matter if they're 16 year olds. You stop singing, and they'll take over for you. It's really, it yeah. really is gratifying. In yeah. That. You know what I've been craving? Raising canes. I like canes so much because you uh, you can make your own meal. You can sub extra toast or extra coleslaw. I prefer extra coleslaw. Whatever you feel like. The sweet tea is legendary. Throw a little vodka in it. Call it a day. The sweet tea is legendary. And the cane sauce is amazing. I make it a point to stop at one anytime I can. If I'm coming through Knoxville, good luck. Can- tough day to be a canes. 
because I'm coming through and running game on Canes. Uh, they have Canes all over the place, but most importantly, they are coming to Nashville in 2022. I'm personally stoked about this one. I'll be there every day. If you want to find me, go to Canes in Nashville. Um, it'll give the chicken places a run for their money. There's several chicken places. Tough day to be any other chicken place. Nashville listeners, if you've never heard of Canes, you don't know what's coming, but you're about to. Uh, they have locations all over the U.S. so far. Knoxville, Southern California. They're all around Arizona. Locations across the entire state of Texas. I don't know if you've heard. It's a big state. Uh, I actually saw that they're hiring, so potentially needing to get a job at Canes if this shit falls through. I heard that they're hiring... Potentially need to get a gig if this thing falls through. Keynes <laughs> is actually born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Good chicken leads to good football, which leads to great times. Whenever I see posts about them on social media, my mouth waters. You should definitely check it out. Keynes. Was that it was that the first one of those in your career or were any I, of the I have to admit, ones? I had because that was like my. I know it wasn't obviously your, no, no, your, your it, first it, third of hits. No, no, no just, it, was, it was probably my eleventh or twelfth number one. I had multi week number ones and stuff. That one showed me like, oh, try there's another gear on this thing. Hey, this whole yeah. time I've been driving. Turns out, <laughs> what's this? <laughs> Boom! Oh, look at that! Look yeah. at that! Hey, yeah. who knew that was over there? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it was sort of that whole, but you know, it's Grammy and all that. I mean, and it won, and we won everything. Was it, C- yeah, CMA, it was ACM, CMA, ACM, Grammy, all that stuff, and um, yeah, it was, it was really, uh, yeah. What was yeah. that? Was it automatically a Tim McGraw song, or was it a pitch around song? No, no, no. I had that. Uh, you know, Kimberly, and that's just fun, funny too. Kimberly, it was just me and Kimberly, the publishing company, uh-huh. and she wasn't even an employee. She just came by to help, and she was paying all the bills and stuff. But she was like, oh, "I'll drop off song," but we didn't know. Seriously, I'd just done it. And Missy Gallimore, yeah, it was CMA Hot Dog Day because it was all, all that week. So, yeah. and shout out, we, Missy, and, and, and this is this is how the company was born. I just bought a house over there, and Kimberly comes over, goes over there, and she said, she goes, "I'm going to tell Missy you got that you got that song because Tim needs to hear it." And I was like, "Okay." And Missy came over, and she goes, "She goes, I got time right now." So we walked over to the office, and Missy sat in a straight back chair, and the stereo sat on the box that it came in. We literally were, had been unpacking the stereo that morning. We just sat it on the box and played that song. And that's how you the started. Rest, and the rest that's how, that's how you start a publishing company. Yeah, it turns, uh, it turns out. Uh, it nice. turns out. It's good. so wild to hear you talk about coming up with the like the concept for that because for us, like that's a – that's a cliche. Like live like you're dying. Like that is now just like now it's a cliche. Now speech. it's a cliche. Live yeah. like you're dying. But the because of you. Well, the mm. other thing is like writing writing songs and having song concepts. They just it's tough to write deep. It's it's easy to want to write a deep life meaning song, and the the percentage of those that end up breaking the surface is so small. But like yeah, this is a staple life changing song. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think about it now because I, it was really, I really do think, I see it as a God thing. I mean, I, mean, I really do. Hell, I mean, right now, I just got option for a movie again. I mean, right now. Yeah. We're in the middle of, we're in the middle of. It just Another got, bag. It, 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 just, it, just, it just got optioned. I mean, the song, because I think about it now, the fact that it stayed, as you know, as a songwriter, the fact that it started off with all this life stuff. And most of the time, if you're a songwriter with a song like that, 
I got through a whole first verse of that stuff. Now, holy shit, let's just talk about going for a walk with her and looking at her eyes and you know, yeah, and yeah, getting yeah, her naked yeah. or something. And the idea of like, no, just stay in there and just keep keep coming up with keep keep saying life things. Keep coming up with life things. Just keep keep on relentlessly. You just keep like I realize. What's the second uh, verse? Uh, Most of the next days. Oh no, no, yeah. I've, or that's second uh, half of the first verse. He said, I was finally the husband. Most of the time I what wasn't. Was and I became a friend, a friend would like, like to have. God, dude. All of a sudden going fishing. Went wasn't such, such an imposition. imposition. I went, went three, three times, times that year. I lost my dad. God. Finally read And I'd been wanting to say something about the Bible. I didn't want to start with that, but I finally read the good book and took a good, long, hard look at what I'd do if I could do it yeah, all again. And then <laughs> I went skydiving. <laughs> no. I mean a master class it's on just, breaking just, hearts it's, across. It's kind of it's, it's, it's sort of just, just, just it is of God. It's a God. It's a God thing. Like it really is. Yeah, it I've really said is. on here before. Like I don't know. Songwriting is one of the coolest jobs to have because if done right, we do nothing at all. We're, yeah. ju- we're oh, just we're yeah. just we're Amen. just vessels. Like you can do you can work to write a song, but like the the moments happen when you are just susceptible. To something come passing through you. And my my wife's a minister, and she's asked me to do, and I, I do look at it spiritually. But through that, there's a so the in the Celtic people and the Irish people, they call you know the ley lines and stuff. They saw there's a thin places, and they say that's the thin. That's where the wall is thinnest between earth and heaven and the angels, and and, and that's what they call that. To go one farther than that, they say God exists in the absolute universe. So absolute being, there's no time. Mm-hmm. There's no time. That's why God can be present. When God is present in your life as a child, as when you're an old person, perhaps that's happening at the same time. And music. Yeah, 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 yeah or whatever. So, and that's yeah. just it. So when you're writing a song like that, when you're writing a song like the good stuff in those, and you know this, you go get a cup of coffee, or the song, you set it down, five minutes later you reach for an ice-cold cup of coffee and look and realize, like, I got this coffee five hours ago. Or five minutes ago. I got this coffee f- five hours ago. And I mean, you're just like, I can't tell you how many times I've just been shocked at, mm-hmm. it's been five hours. Mm-hmm. Dude, those are the, though you want, those are the days, as you well know, where there is no, and, and that's why they have to like for this thing today. Mm-hmm. People know that around me know that, oh, I can get up in the morning and tell you 10 times. I know exactly what I'm doing at four o'clock. But if I am lost in a song, if you don't come pound on my door at 350, I will have no idea. There is no, oh, I got to go do this thing. Right. I mean, or at least I kind of hope because if you have to remind me that I'm lost in this thing, which is where I want to be, which is where, and I consider that being as close to God, close to the creator yes. as, as, as you could possibly be. You're in that thin place. You're, 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 you can hear the angels wing yes. beats right there. There is no time. And you're just in this thing, man. This friggin' <laughs> the romance you, you're bringing Dude. to songwriting. It, it, you articulate better than I can, but I feel, I feel that because there are just there's just differences some days when you're writing songs uh, yeah if you're just lucky enough i mean and you, yeah. you show up all year for maybe a couple of those days and it's totally worth it it's totally oh, yeah. it's so freaking worth it yeah. man so holy shit was the good stuff funny. like that too yeah was it the same yeah. same type yeah. of yeah. what were y'all talking about to get to the good stuff that okay that was uh so i, I i'd gone to rca over there and they had a security guard rusty Rusty Martin, who uh, who who went on to be ASCAP security guard, and he passed away. But he was a. But uh, as soon as I got there, people were like going like, "Hey, man, the, the security guard. He's from Mississippi too." 
So I was like, hey, Rusty, what's up? He goes, yeah, I'm from Boonesville, which is way up north, you know, different part of the state for me, nonetheless. So he's the nicest guy, though. We'd talk and stuff. And so I was supposed to park off, like, you know, where the peons, but I'd always just park right up front in the circle, and Rusty would be like, ah, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. So, so... I was starting to kind of get a story like, like, well, how'd you get up here? Like, well, my wife, his wife, obviously, he came up here because his wife had a terminal cancer diagnosis. He brought her up here to go to Vanderbilt. He did the whole thing. Where Which he, happened first? Live like you're dying or good stuff? Live like uh, you're dying was first. Wait a minute. Good stuff no, was, oh, no, good stuff was first. Okay, okay. The, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff was first. Yeah. Um. So Rusty's but, wife had terminal cancer. Yeah. So and I was and he wouldn't ever really tell me a story like you're like you're just gonna go up there and quiz somebody when they're at the front desk at a place, you know, and everything. But I was starting to get more and more of his story and stuff when he came up here for his wife and all that. Well, I was writing that day with Jim Collins and I was a few minutes late and Jim I had talked to him enough. So we got in the room and he goes, Man, did you know Rusty's story? I was like, Yeah. And he told me a few things I hadn't heard. And we sat there enough thinking, and and we were sitting there like, because he'd been married about 20 years at that point. I've been married about 12 or 13. And we were like going, man, what about that, dude? If you got, I mean, you're with somebody long enough to know this is your forever partner. You just lose them like that. Like, dude, mm. that's tough. And Jim was this guy from Texas. He was like, man, I kind of have this song, like the good stuff, like, you know, about that redhead over there and whatever. And I was just like, oh, wait, wait a minute, man, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> and, you know, it was a Friday. It was a sunny day. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my sure to God, I'm not going to write a friggin' ballad. I was like, ugh. But went and got that cup of coffee, and I seriously just started, like, lean around, lady, had a first big fight. So I still around. And all that started, and we got that first <laughs> chorus written. Yeah, the way she looked with rice in her hair when me, when me and KK got married, we ran out of the reception. It was night by then. We ran out of the reception. And I had a Honda car then. And, you know, those things, you, if you slam the door, your ears would pop. They were that tight. Mm. We ran through all the people, you know, and the bird seed and the rice and stuff were flying. We ran into the cars and the doors shut. And even though there was noise out there, all of a sudden it was quiet. For the first time in like three hours, mm. all the marriage, it was quiet, dead quiet. And she leaned over at me and, and the rice was falling out of her hair onto the console going, tick, 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 tick. And I'll just never, ever forget that. Just the tick, tick, tick. Yeah, and so what did she look with rice in her hair? And so we had that first chorus written, and of course, so he just wanted to get finished and get done. And seeing the first chorus again, and I was like, no, I was like, we got to continue this. I was like, basically, it's this guy, and we're just going to this other movie. I was like, this movie's only half done. We got to finish writing the movie that is the choruses. Mm-hmm. He didn't like that, but I was just like, man, I just we just got to do this, man. So, so there yeah. it went. So, yeah. It just all right. So I'm gonna break the space here for a second, just for my listener's sake. There are songwriters, and there are magicians. You lean on the magician side of songwriting, but I know you would not admit that because, like we've already said, we're just vessels. But you and your spirit are so open to miracles. I think they happen through you in song a lot more than other. Other people, I know a lot of other people have a lot of hits, but I just think the type of hits you have and type of songs you write, you're able to go a level deeper than like I would love to be able to go that deep with you, but it's just spiritually, you are so. And KK probably, KK, I'll give KK some credit too. I mean, you're married to a minister, so you got to be a little spiritual, but but what you are open to spiritually 
leads to songs that will forever change the landscape of not just country music, but the world. And uh, I'm goddamn lucky to be sitting next to you right oh, now. Oh, no. Yeah, and, and look, man, and, and I think, you know, look, look, I see a lot of me and you. Like when I was, when I was your age, that's all I want to do is show off my word my, my word smithing and do all that do all this flying flying around and stuff. But then as you do, you do get a little older and things start, and you're already starting kids and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's deeper life moves deeper and you can just move with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but 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 I don't ever want to not leave one foot. You know, we all know some stars just they just disappear into that and it's and it's all great and good. Don't get me wrong, but you know, at the same time we're on kind of self therapy and stuff there too. So Yeah. But man, yeah, I, I appreciate that because we all know. Like, I'm, I'm just writing what I write, and all of a sudden, people sure. are like, "Oh my god, who is like, okay." <laughs> <laughs> what about the one? What about the one yesterday? Teddy's beer. What about no, no? no is that hey, not? can you? All right, <laughs> he's not joking, dude. He's, he's. Yeah, I'm not gonna let you let that slide. So we're gonna we're gonna A and B. Live like you're dying of the good stuff. But can you give him a chorus of Titty's beer, or the verse chorus? Break down Titty's beer for me. So Titty. So the the downside of writing songs like the good stuff and live like you were dying is Titty's and beer. All of a sudden, people <laughs> seek you out. And so me and Tim Nichols in particular, we had, and, and, and from Troy Gentry, God rest his soul, who we lost in a completely unexpected um, helicopter crash a few years ago. Um, it, God bless it. But we got the, we got the word. Like, and, and Kimberly County, she goes, Troy Gentry really requested a, a date with, wants a date with you and Tim. And so I already knew, like, oh, it's going to be one of those songs. It's going to be, it's going to be one of those songs. <laughs> Sure enough, it's like, and it is, it said, Friday, it's a beautiful day. It's sunny. Hell yeah, driving into work. <laughs> Woo! And I get there like, oh, it's your Troy day. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, and true enough, he comes in. And bless his heart, he was the nicest. He truly is the nicest guy in the world. He was the best guy. And But he comes in, and he just goes, man, he goes, my grandmother. And it was like, oh. And he was, he was just like, man, he goes, you know, we were all there, and you know, she was just on her last breath, and it was just this. And you could tell, I mean, it, it obviously moved, and it was a beautiful thing to hear and everything, but it's just this. Not today, uh, Troy. Oh, man, 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 man. Okay, okay, okay. So he didn't really have an idea with just that thing, and he wanted to address those emotions. It was like, okay, now here we go. And, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I yeah, that, had that had that you know, legal pad in front of me in a couple of lines. No, no, no. Uh, and you know, and you know, he's an artist, so time. You know, you can't go to eight o'clock at night with an artist. We all know, mid afternoon, they're going to start. Well, I can, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get my ear ends, and so, so, uh, it's time starting to go back. I finally, I just look up. I just go, man. I was like, look, man, we've done like two hours to get two lines that we don't even like. I was like, man, look, we can do that. And I'm sitting there looking at him, not to mention, this is Montgomery Gentry. These are the guys. They tour with Skinnerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there writing a freaking five-minute ballad with this, like, uh. I finally go, man, I was like, we can write this. I was like, but we all know we should be writing a song about teddies and beer. And he laughed. And I was just like, yes, yeah, see? I was like, man, I was like, you know, like, teddies, 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 beer. And I was like, so good. wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. That way, I didn't. I didn't just say titties and beer. No, I said titties beer. It's somebody's. I was like, "That's not naughty. That is. It's a person. It's a, brand name. It's a product." <laughs> I really was. I was like, 
It's a product. Whose beer it's do you not, like? Titty's beer. Can't help it. And 20 minutes later, this done. Yes. And, and, so they tried to cut it, but they didn't want to sing it. So Mark Wright had me come out, and I was going to be Uncle Titus to sing it. So I sang it, and, they couldn't, and I was like, how are you going to make this make sense? How's somebody going to be in the middle of a Montgomery Gentry album, and then some other dude starts singing? I was like, Montgomery Gentry like, and Uncle Titus. So, yeah, and so then that song has been, and I put, and Kenny loves it, but Kenny, if he put it on hold like every other album for like five years. And he finally just says, man, if I ever want to end my career, I'm going to cut that song. So, and then Kenny, so so then I'm walking through a a Home Depot. I'm walking I'm walking through a Home Depot about five or six years ago. My phone rings. Look at my phone. I'm just like Cracker. I was like, hey, yeah, he goes, hey, Greg's Cracker, my Uncle Cracker. Yeah, yeah. He goes, man, Kenny just played me this cool song, and I think I want to cut it. He goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, but I'm afraid it's gonna end my career. Like, <laughs> you must be talking about live like you were dying. <laughs> So there we go. So, well, can you I'm give like, us a verse and chorus of Titty's beer? This is Charlie Handsome's broken guitar. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. So, it's in Craig yeah. Wiseman's shape. Like it, for oh guitar. my god, this is horrible. Growing up, I remember one year, my uncle Titus had a bright idea. He's gonna bottle up of his own brew. I figure he could make a million or two. Taste wasn't gonna be his claim to fame. All he was banking on was all in the name. Yeah, Teddy's, Teddy's, Teddy's Bear. Just the thing to get you grinning ear to ear. Whether you're from the country or the big old city. Yeah, one thing's for sure. Everybody loves Teddy's. Wow, 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 wow. Give me that. Give me that thing. I, I was oh, exce- well, I was exceptionally proud of the second verse. Second verse is he. All right. He had a market and plan worked up. He's gonna sell them all in big old jugs. He wouldn't package them in a six pack. He gonna sell them by the pair and call it a rack. Hey, he just knew it'd be the next big thing. And Dolly Parton in his ad campaign selling titties, titties, titties bear. Just the thing to get your grin in the ear to ear. When your day's been long and your work is all shitty. What could be better than a big mouthful of wow, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh my God! Look, dude, you gotta have two gears. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have two gears. Oh my God! You gotta wow. have two gears. Yeah. <sighs> fun. Can uh, we can we chug a beer really quick? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanna. I wanna. That's what I'm saying. I wanna. Is a beer break? Let's hit, uh, I wanna. Have you done a chug bud yet? Yeah, no. Like what the hell is that? Oh uh, well, it's about to make your drinking life way easier. Miller Light. A Bud Light. Two Bud Lights. So basically what we're going to do is you put, you'd, you'd crack your can open. Oh. Put this on top. Oh, it has a little cutter on it. 
Oh, dude. Right? That's a little brilliant. So, we'll get a Bud Light in here and shotgun a beer. The, oh, my God. The real way. I hope I don't backflow. Well, you could, you're all, there's no chance you're not going to be better than the way Chris Lane did it. Dude. Oh, Chris Lane. <laughs> did you did, did you fool him and tell him it's communion wine to get him to drink it in the first place? Hey, hey here's a, I mean, well, look, Chris has many he has many gifts. Chris, he's a friend of ours. He has many gifts. He has many gifts. Many gifts. You know that 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 not being one of them. That that. Just do one at a time. No no no. I got another one back here. Oh shit shit. A used one? No. Here. Yeah. Open that first. Can we, do, can we just do this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the look. The look. Okay. Like, I may not be back for a while once this starts. <laughs> okay, this is kind of amazing, that little. So, yeah, so you just want to turn it up first and, and then, then pop, pop it, it like a shotgun and, and you're you're off to okay, the Okay, this is going to take me a minute. That's okay. fine. There's no rush. It's just, okay. Get it up first. Th- and th- okay, th- this part is this is all kind of brilliant. I have to admit, this is all. It pretty, is. This is pretty good. It's it's, it's, pretty it's good. America's favorite drinking it's, tool. Uh, truth or chug? You can you can opt out of chugging if you want to do truth or chug. Yeah, I try to spare people's feelings. This won't be hard. Okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, truth or chug? You're the richest guy in this building. <laughs> There's a lot of people run through money around here. So it's like, you know, you know. You might yeah, want to chug. I mean, I mean, I mean how, how many houses has Seth bought this month? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, how many buildings on Music yeah. Row do you own? I got good. I'm not really. Turn it up and then I'm, pop it. I'm not really sure. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, got a, I got enough fingers I got to count. Enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, vertical okay. First. Yeah, vertical first. Okay. Pop. Yes, sir. That's my coach. That's my that's my coach. Dude can chug a beer. He ain't worried about it. No problem. Let's go, Greg. Let's go, dude. Let's go. We took a 17 episode. Oh, yeah, dude. That was pretty good. Isn't that great? Oh, shit. His key fell off, but you can use that later. (laughs) (laughs) I stepped on the floor. Okay, save that for uh, the uh, Dude, I was exhilarating. Little chug butt's going kind of crazy. Get your chug butt. That's not going to be the longest party in the world if everybody's doing that. I always, always, I was joked to say you could fill this up with aluminum foil and punch holes in it, and it's a drug. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You just smoke a bowl out of it. That was good. It is good. I was, I was actually, yeah, that's good. I like that. It's a party enhancer. I'm going to start selling them as merch pieces because at concerts... They're going to go to the merch stands, T-shirt, koozie, hat, drinking mechanism. Oh, dude. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. It's only fair we go the other way. <laughs> oh, truth or chug, I guess you get to ask me a similar question. <laughs> Careful what you ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Truth or chug. Truth or chug. Okay. One of your one of your worst co-writing experiences. I might tell the truth. Anyway. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> okay, okay, okay. 
<laughs> don't even know. I doubt they even listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Craig yeah. knows what it is. No, he don't. Oh, 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 trust me. You say you say one one ill thought word about somebody. Word will get to them immediately. Know, know, your phone will be ringing before I'm you get gonna, to your car. I'm gonna chug this beer, but I want to. Yeah. I want to tell you. I want to tell you about a songwriting experience I had with you that I will never. I'll never forget. You and me. If you don't know this about yourself, some people have horror stories of writing with you. I have heard. Well, I've never had that experience. And I take it as a compliment that and a huge blessing. I just, I just, I just, I, I just always say, well, you know, the town of people don't have any problem with me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, you know, you hear all these nightmare stories like, damn, man, that really sucks. And and I've had the, I've had great days with you and we've had good hangs. We've written a song in under an hour before. People are like, man, good luck. You're going to have to pack a dinner. It's like, yeah, well, maybe... I just want to write till, till it's right and, till, and then till it's done. Yes. And if that happens about three o'clock, that's five. That yes. happens at nine thirty. Well, granted, we have not written live like you were dying. But so but there was a day Hardy and I were writing with you. I think it was Hardy's first time writing with you. This was before the artist thing. Uh, we come upstairs and and me and Hardy had kind of like sussed out a verse and chorus, just the two of us. You'd gone out and smoked a cigarette or whatever, or a cigar and talked. You come back and we present you this verse and chorus. And you go, I thought y'all were supposed to be good. (laughs) 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 We had to start, we started from scratch. You're like, well, I thought so too. (laughs) Fuck me. Well, well, obviously I was joking. (laughs) Well, well, obviously we wrote something else that was to be good. (laughs) Wow. There it is. Oh, you, you, oh, you smoked me, dude. That's half the time I did it. That's freaking. I've smoked so much. Woo! God, that was good. This this podcast brought to you by Chug Bud. Chug Bud, you can't drink it. No one can. Oh that's, my god, Chug Bud is <laughs> just make up another, a new. You can't drink it. No one. Yeah, can. it's a yeah, it's a brilliant thing. A, a, about Chug Bud is, is like people will buy one, and you immediately get so drunk you lose it. So you have to buy another one. They're 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 yes. oh my god. They're like they're like they'll, they'll sell they seven, make hol- seventeen to one person. They should make holster straps for the Chug Buds you just throw on your belt. Chug Bud, just a thought. Or lanyards. <laughs> Chug Bud should have a lanyard, right? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Wow. Right. Okay. Let's I, go I, further I, back. I, I, all right, how are we doing? Yeah. I okay. still want to talk songwriting. Okay. We're gonna talk. <laughs> We talked last time about kind of your your humble beginnings coming from Mississippi, moving to Nashville, having a roommate, uh, you know, early on your first cut. What was what was your first number one or your first number one was the first number one was Tracy Long. My first cut, man, was actually on uh, Roy Orbison's last album. Actually, that showed me politics. So the bar I was playing out in Hendersonville. His son, his son, his son Wesley, would come in there. Some just the Wesley nice, Orbison, Wesley Orbison, who was just but very, very, just very much a Roy thing. Just this very quiet. 
just funny the two of us together because especially back then I was playing drums. I was just yeah, yeah, super energetic and loud and everything. And he Were you just, writing songs <laughs> in the day and playing drums at night? Yeah, that yeah, was your yeah, game. Absolutely. Gotcha. Just exhausted, just like sleeping every other day and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he and I started writing a little bit, you know, but for in order for me to write with him, I have to leave for the gig like at noon or one to drive all the way up to North Hendersonville, up by the lakes. Yeah. Then beat on his bedroom window to get him to wake up so that we could write. And then I'd just do that, and then I'd play drums that night and get done at 3 o'clock. So those, those, those were 14-hour days to try to write with Wesley. But I liked him and everything. And then one day he just goes, oh, uh, Dad really likes some of our stuff, and he wants us to write stuff for his new album. And I'd been in town about three years at that point, just enough to kind of go, yeah, bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah sure, whatever. And that wasn't your play writing with him in the first place. No, 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 no. Well, he was a, he was a he Orbison. Was a he, was, he was an Orbison just to write with him and everything. But like I said, after we started, because he was singing a little bit, and we just, yeah, we just kind of. Yeah, 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 we were just it was, boys, but it wasn't like yeah, him trying to get a Roy Orbison. Oh, no, because yeah. back then, any cut or anything was complete, sure. was, was complete fiction. I mean, it was like, theoretically, people get songs cut, but it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, whatever. Yeah. And so and so we wrote a couple of songs, and um. And I, I knew when I was, I was like, of course he's running. Only one. So we kind of did this thing. And, um, and, um, like three months later, Wesley, one night he comes to the club and he's like, Hey man, you want to go to the parking lot after, you know, kind of break? And I thought like, you know, smoke a doobie <laughs> and he go to his car and he just goes, yeah, you hear that? And it was Roy singing, singing our song. And, songs. I was, and I was just like, and it really was just kind of like that. Yeah, you know, Roy Orbison sounds just like Roy Orbison. It's just like it's uncanny. It's freaking dude. I, I still have those realizations. Like uh, even anytime Morgan even sings a song that I wrote, I'm like, boy, it sounds like a Morgan Wallen song. <laughs> we should present now that Morgan sang the demo. We should really yeah, give this to Morgan. Sounds no, like no. a Morgan song. Yeah, we're right. We're right. We should we should let him keep it. Yeah, we should let him keep yeah, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. So. I mean, it is. It's like golf or anything else. You you get one one good cut in, makes you want to keep coming back. Well, for well more. you know, the, the weird thing was, so I was on Virgin and stuff, and I wrote it with his son. I didn't realize that all them, so all the professionals. I was thinking I was going to open doors, but nothing. So because everybody knew that, obviously, just I was just with Wesley or whatever. Right, right. But at the same time, it was valuable. Like going, yeah, I mean, right. You know, the the, the there is some politics to this. There's some some of those things. That's just a part of it, man. Welcome yeah. to it. Uh, as if it weren't hard enough, just go ahead and add a layer of that too. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, man. So, you know, just to keep 20, what were you, what were you, my 28, 20, were you younger? Uh, yeah, I would, no, I would, I would have been 25 when that happened. And then, uh, and then I, I got a mechanical check. I got my channel check for like 60,000 bucks. In what year? And what, this 60, is 80, no, this is 87, 88. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you get, you got to fucking. So, so I got a mechanical check, and, and I had, at that point, I had, you know, I had my stereo I'd gotten out of a house fire and rewired to work and everything. So I actually went and bought that new friggin' TX system with the with the big, tall speakers and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, you yeah. Know, big, tall guys. Wood Got green. that. Like a real TV, all that kind of shit. Um, and... Uh, were you a single man? Come, at this bought, point? Bought, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Bachelor, bought, bought, spending bought, money on the bought shit. Another, you want. Bought, bought another drum set and stuff, and then six months later, my house got broken into, and all that shit got stolen. So all of it. I mean, TV and everything. Where was this out in Hermitage? No, no, no. I, was, I, I had a house out in Priest Lake. Oh my! And God. Um, where were you? You were probably in the middle and, of. And so, you were playing and, a gig or what? And, and, right? And, and, and yeah, yeah, and, and and so that was um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was still playing six nights a week, so. 
that was when yeah, I came home at night and it was like all that shit that was on the wall, it was just gone. And by that time, so I'd gone through because I'd owed my money, I owed my family some money and everything else. And I just talked to the tax person who was like, you know, you got to pay taxes on that. You haven't, I was like, what? So I was saying, so here's like, you know, $20,000, you know, just like, oh my God, that was all out of money. I mean, I'd just done all that. To right, go, right, like, right. Holy shit. So I was like, my mom was like, well, get insurance stuff. So I well, told him. The mechanicals off of your Roy Orbison cut paid $60,000. Yeah. That was, those are the days. <laughs> Yeah, those were the days. It's, I, I kind of let was, that fly. I just kind of didn't was, think about that. It was like this tri- man had an album cut. It was tri- tri- triple platinum. Yeah, yeah. I used to. Oh, my first. My, my, yeah, my first. Yeah, yeah. I, Your I, first cut was on radio. And and then, no, no, no. And, and and then and then my my first. Uh, I was making mechanical checks for seventy five hundred thousand dollars before when my airplane checks were fifteen hundred bucks. That's just so, that, that didn't happen. No, no. I, I was getting Explain what that is. Okay. Oh, 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 oh sorry. Now, yeah. So yeah. Well, understand that. So mechanicals. Yeah, you, you okay, okay, so most most time what happens is, is a, a song of ours goes out and it plays on radio stations. And we do it's a game of pennies. But there's ten thousand radio stations, and if ten thousand radio stations play it over and over and over again, these pennies add up and everything. And and and, and they, don't, don't get me wrong, you can't retire. You know, you can't retire anything. But you, you can make a good you know a song. A song is a good wage there for a while. Mechanicals actually are when they back in the old days when they sell records. <laughs> Actually, per song, there was a few pennies per song on that record. So, if the so so, and math is simple. If you were making if there if there were four or five pennies to be made per song, and it sold a million a million, so a penny on for a million, that'd be so four or five would be forty or fifty thousand dollars. So if there were two songwriters, so that'd be maybe twenty five thousand each. If there were three, you know, whatever. And, and once again, if you so you work three or four years and you get twenty thousand dollars. Once again, it's not it's better than getting it's better than a kick in the head, but you know. Um Depends on who's kicking. But nonetheless, but that's also why like the rock and roll guys pardon me, back in the day, like I knew a couple of guys that did Aerosmith and stuff and just off album cuts. I mean, they and they and they didn't all go up their nose or to seven ex wives and stuff and they're set because those guys are selling twenty million. So think about twenty million records. At a so four, yeah, so four. So if you're on there and you're getting two and a half cents, so if you're getting twenty five thousand per million times twenty, like wow, okay, that starts that starts. That's adding where up. people start flying private. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> no problem. But Dude. so so that was back in the day when that's how records worked like that. So and and there were still, I mean, so that's why they sold those records like that. So basically, basically they set it up where a dollar or so would cover. All the songwriters on, on on a record, and then the artist would get another couple of bucks. The record label would get a couple of bucks, and basically, then they would they would sell that record for half price to the record store. So that ten dollar record, they sold it to the record store for five, and all that was split up. And about a dollar went to the writers, about two dollars went to the artist, two dollars went to the record label. That was that was that was how the world worked forever. And most of the time, you had a, you had a record. That if you were lucky, it went gold, which is five hundred thousand or a million. But then modern music really came along. The, the Beatles introduced that. But then, by the time we get to the seventies, all of a sudden you got these Barbara Streisands and Frampton comes alive, and these things, and these guys that are selling, and then the Thrillers, you know, that are selling twenty, forty, yeah, sixty, really. eighty million dollars, and it's like eighty million copies, and it's like. Huh, you know, and think about that. Well, just think about um, think about um, what's the uh, producer on um, producer on Thriller, Quincy. Um, Quincy, 
producer thing on that, he would have made about a quarter a unit. So instead of pennies for me, he would have made a quarter. A quarter per million, 80 million records later. I'm not good at math. He made $20 million <laughs> in, in production. No, I am. And he wrote Thriller and all that kind of stuff. But his production, he made $20 million produce that record. Of course, from what I hear, I hang out, out with Michael for a year. Like, <laughs> you barely, 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 barely like, worth know. it. Woo. No, but uh. no, but for Quincy, that also stand. I get to stand in that studio when I, I was in LA on one of those trips, and like we're in there. I forget the name of the studio, but I'm standing in like the control room. Young Thug is in uh, the main room, and I'm just in the control room. And the studio uh, manager or whatever comes out. It was me and Seth in there, and they're like, do you know anything about the studio? I was like, no. He's like, well, like Michael Jackson cut Thriller in here, and like he started naming all the shit that's been cut in there. And I was like, but like, all that's original. Like, all this is still. And I just remember thinking, damn. And I seen a picture of Michael Jackson, like, walking to his car, and it's, like, out of that back door. And I was standing in the parking lot looking at that door. I was like, Damn, bro. And it's just not that long ago. No, but no. so much the landscape has changed so much because hey, you're man, talking about that a, beer was so cold and that delicious. Beer, it was a good cold beer. And, and Can I smoke one of your cigars? Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll actually maybe I'll actually enjoy this one. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, we know. The, the last one was not for enjoyment. That was for brand opportunities. Uh Bud Light be excellent. Have one for your eight. Tisha Mango, have one for yourself too. Aaron, was that is it, that Wesley? Oh, it Tish Mingo, it, it's three minutes till five. You're done. Have a beer. <laughs> What'd you say? Is that Westlake Studio? It had to have been Westlake. Is that where you recorded it? Yeah, I I, I went to uh A and M studio, which is We Are the World, and all you know, God knows. I mean the freaking A yeah. and M stuff. You know, you know, was, you know my, my thing was I was there back when I wrote for A and M Records, I went out to LA. And Sting had been in there, and Sting was like, Sting was on this Jag, where I was first from the first when the early Green Movement. So his big thing was like save water. So his way of saving water was to not shower. And he'd been in the studio for a month in there in a vocal booth that's about this big, and it had and it had just rough wood in it and everything. And they so they stopped calling him Sting and started calling him Stink, because literally the guy had not showered. Look, you get a European that hasn't showered in four or six weeks, buddy. <laughs> my man, my man. You got a band. My man. <laughs> yeah. My man. Wow. That's, uh, wow. Yeah. So, but one in regards to the, we're talking mechanicals, and it's a, for, for the people that listen to this podcast, this, this part of the conversation will be interesting just based off of, who who's some a lot I think a lot of my listeners are fans of music that want to know more and then also songwriters who know this but would like to have a voice speaking for them so explain in the last 25 years like mechanicals now are not what they used to be oh, they're, because they're, they're, of streaming uh, obviously streaming has changed the landscape of what we do and like you know you got to have a number 1 at country radio yeah, yeah, that's, to that's, make money. Um, having an album cut, like what you were saying, having an album cut in the eighties or nineties, you make the, you'd make money off an album cut. Like you would make on a number one now. And a yeah, number yeah. one back then is like times seven. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and I, I stopped counting. I mean, I was on, a, I'm on a hundred million albums. I, I stopped counting. 
about I'm, I'm on a hundred million ounces. That was up till you're you you have personally had been rider share on a hundred million albums sold. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. So how many you seen, on music have, have, you have, own again? Have you, have you seen my hot tub? It's got, it's got the LED light kit. It's got the. I've seen your parking spot. <laughs> I've seen that I can't park where you park. Yep. Yep. Um, no, but I, I want to talk about that because I think. Hey. And tell me if I'm wrong. Look at the beer ladies here. Car, you, car, girl. So car girls. Car here. girl. Um, thank you, Tish. Tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like we're on the correct upswing to get back to. It might never be like it was, but I feel like songwriters are. are there's hope so, in the future of songwriters. Supposedly, supposedly I, I, I'm on several things. Supposedly, Spotify is, is starting to come back a little bit and and pay a little bit and share because because they start off I mean they didn't even they ignore they paid the label they paid the artist and there was nothing I mean you know back in the day seriously you get ten million streams I mean I think they did the math at one time and it was seriously per stream you got point zero zero like seriously like seven zeros and then like a four it was like yeah it's not like, a penny like, a penny yeah, is a you have to get a like a hundred million airplanes to make like a thousand bucks right you know so they're starting to change that some and, and once again people and people tend to look at people think songwriters like like yourself you're gonna run like yourself yeah you you can do pretty good but for the most part songwriters it really is that thing is that feast or famine thing like you'll get a few things and you'll make a little bit of money, but but then but then but then it'll be two or three years before a little bit and when it's all said and done it can average out I mean, quickly. I mean you making that oh I made a hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on that song. Okay. I made thirty thousand dollars last year and thirty five thousand dollars a year before that, and next year I'll probably go back to thirty five thousand. Pretty quickly that averages out to you know, it's it's a living. I mean, it's not it's not it's not. It's insane. like having a normal job. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, exactly. Which it's, is it, great. It, you can a, still write songs and make. Yeah, you can make enough to survive, but the 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 difference between the people, your friends, your friend, your circle, it'd be two or three guys that are making. But we also had that. But we also had that thing with it, the kind of money we make like that. All of a sudden, we go from the bottom tax bracket to the very top. So all of a sudden, boom! I got a big check. Yeah, forty percent of that's gone. Gone. Forty percent. So okay, here comes that big check. Well, a little more than half of it's in the bank for me now. So 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 those kind of things. So yeah. So when it's all said and done, it's it's all great and everything. But but you know yeah yeah, yeah to go on a tear to go on a tear is great. But for the the, but the reality is it's a bit more. You know, it's a bit more. It's definitely what um, and this this isn't a question for myself because I have my own thoughts on it but for people listening what would be advice that you would give to new songwriters like, you know i get all kinds of messages as as i'm sure you do if you went through your dms what man i, I just want to i've been writing a bunch of songs how can i break through in nashville how would you what, do it yeah what would be your well, advice man, look, 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 that's the thing now because seriously because i was doing nsai song camps and stuff in the 90s you know, and you got some housewife from Minot, North Dakota. And, like, what are you going to do? Tell her to move to friggin' Nashville? Like, 
<laughs> Divorcer yeah, and moved I, to Nashville. Know, well, I mean, you know, and, and but the thing is, th- 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 there's the one good thing because I don't want to, I don't want to just bitch about streaming and stuff. Because the good thing about it is, one of the reasons why I did this is there used to be so many just gatekeepers. I mean, Nashville did used to be f- you know, eight or nine labels. The people that ran the labels were more or less a top producer that ran that, and there were just the, it were was there was these gatekeepers, and it was just that simple. All the songs had to go through there. All the artists had to pass through there. It was almost like they had a lottery that was set. There's a lottery set between just us in this room, okay? And there's one one lottery a month, and we all get all the tickets. I'm not even. I don't. It doesn't even piss me off if you win, and then if you win, because that just means my turn's coming. We're all gonna win the lottery here in a couple of years. We're all gonna hit. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of how this town was, and that really kind of pissed me off. Even though I made money from it, it was still like, man, that's kind of bullshit. So, and then things started breaking down. There's more producers and more labels. So I have to admit with the streaming thing, cause, I mean, think about the, the the biggest household names you've heard in, in recently are Bieber and, and Taylor Swift. They did it by opening a laptop and singing covers. You know, so now, so the gatekeepers aren't there. So this whole thing, and I do agree, if you want to be a songwriter, coming to Nashville just so that you can play some pickup basketball against Michael Jordan because you're not going to get that good playing against your chubby brother. Mm. you got to play against Michael Jordan. you got yeah. Michael Jordan over here. Uh, and, or, uh, Michael Jordan's and, chubby brother. Mickey Jordan. And give him the opportunity to walk in a room and go, man, I thought you were good, dude. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so. Yeah, no, so, exactly. so, no, you're right. No, it'll but, happen and I'll hear about it. I'll call you. No, so, you're right. So, so, you're right. But, but so, but 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 still nowadays, I mean, you know, you you can you can open your laptop and do it and get it out there and and do your stuff. But the thing is, you, but the thing is, that's scary because that now we're getting real. So okay, or just wrote the best song ever. Like okay, well post it now. Let the people. Decide. If you've only got twenty likes and fourteen of them are directly related to you, maybe not the best song ever. Maybe not. You know, so that's that. That's it. So you want to get real? So okay, here you go. I mean, you're the you're the comedian now. Get up on stage and be funny. Tell your joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get up on yeah. And and Eddie Murphy was on right before you, and Jerry Seinfeld's coming on right after you. Knock yourself out. There you go, yeah. buddy. Yeah, dude. You know, I mean, shit. Because that's pressure's the, on. Yeah, that's it, man. That's the shit. Yeah. There we go, right there, man. It's hardball. Wear a cup and good luck and all that <laughs> shit. So. Well, no, but that, I, and I've said on the I've said on this podcast before to people like that, and and. and I've actually relayed what you've said to me is like numero uno moved to Nashville. Like you said, get play pickup. You didn't say it to me. I I like that analogy, but the, the idea is it's like you might have a great song. You might. And, and because of social media and TikTok and all that, some, some people get to bypass a lot of things and their great song turns viral. And now all of a sudden they have a record deal, which is fine. Some of the time, real talent gets discovered that way. But I just think that there's something to be said for failing for multiple years in a row. I was just going to say, you will pay your dues in this business. Trust me, early dues are far, far better than late dues. Oh, wow. Dudes that show up and, oh, it's all just a walk in the park and this is great. And they still got dues to pay on down here. Them dues are gonna hit different. It 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 will it 
just fucks you up. I, I don't, I don't, I, there are very few who survive that shit. This podcast brought to you by Manscaped. Ho, ho, ho. Gentlemen, the holidays came early here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products, including their all new ultra premium body wash and a two in one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or someone who needs it the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code EARNEST for 20% off and free shipping. Jingle balls to the walls, my guys. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's possible for you to have Santa's beard in your pants. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find a signature lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer has propi- the the electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. Cuts, cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. This is true. It's like a gift to your partner. With less mess. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 includes the Crop Preserver, the Crop Reviver, and anti-chafing ball deodorant. God damn it. An anti-chafing ball deodorant. Moisturizer. The tone. Dude, all I know is words are doing this right now. <laughs> Look. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code EARNEST, E-R-N-E-S-T, at manscaped.com. The 20% off, uh, well, because you get I your mean, taste. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah even yeah. the people that pay their, you, look, you're going to have dues to pay on the back end anyways, but you would like to have at least paid some dues on the front end. Because, I mean, everybody's going to have to go through the, the back end of anything. Well, well and, and, and it's also like you said, like somebody wrote that song, TikTok, but you and I both know as a hit songwriter, you finally get your game up. You finally, finally start writing those songs that are at that level. How many of those do you have to write? Now you're starting to hit the lottery part. All I got to do is write 100 more of those for 86 of them to die an obscure death, for 13 of them to actually make it to somebody, but six of those 13 are going to be on the wrong label with the wrong guy, with the wrong team, with the wrong everything else. And do that kind of stuff. So the, it's not a song. You've got to have a body of work. Yeah. And the only way you get there is the work ethic and this shit and your connections and all kinds of shit, yeah. man, where you can just steadily crank out the heat. You can just steadily crank out the heat. And I mean, maybe look at it like this. If you're a guy like, yeah, you know, once in a lifetime, you could pull off something where something happens. You save some girl from a burning car and you get a date with a supermodel. Great. Once in your life, you get that date with a supermodel. Have a date with a supermodel every night for a year, my friend. That's that's when you got game because that's what it's going to take because they're all crazy. You're not going to want to marry any of them. So so, but but that's what I'm saying. It's like that. You're talking about game though. <laughs> this man is spitting game right now. No, I mean, I, dude, the now that analogy is insane because uh, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. All I ever wanted to do is this. I got you know I just happened to go to school with Mitchell and Rafe Tenpenny starting in fifth grade. So I'm hanging out at Donna Hilly's house as a fifth or sixth grader. And this before I knew anything. My my perspective of the music industry, the only lens I saw the music industry 
from was through the the hilly, the Tim Penny and Hillies, and it was um you know on Linden Avenue, and it's that mansion, the Civil War hospital turned house that Dolly Parton wanted to buy, that George Bush has his picture in. Like th- this is what I saw, and it's a female who's the queen of Donna Hilly, the quote queen of Music Row. Like sh- that was my perspective. All I knew about Music Row was through that perspective and and one thing that i learned from mitchell passed down through her and and all that was this shit ain't easy and she did one thing that that i could never repay and mitchell will tell you the same but like she knew that we were passionate about wanting to make music so she provided us with the tools mitchell's in the eighth grade we're in the fifth grade we had a little back house out there on Linden Ave at her at at her house. She let us turn it into a studio. Mitchell turned it into a studio and Mitchell let me and Rafe come in there and have porn magazines and freaking a beatbox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, between, yeah. between the two. We that was fifth, sixth, seventh grade and they moved. We moved and, and at the next house she bought in Brentwood. At that time Donna Hilly had started losing her mind. Yep, yep. But and one of the times she was in it, it was always let Mitchell have what he needs to be able to do what he wants and created a work ethic because Mitchell has never used his grandmother. No, no, he, no, he really the only is. reason the only reason he signed his first pub deal at Sony ATV is because I signed my first pub deal at Sony ATV. And the only reason I signed my first pub deal at Sony ATV out of the three different options I had was because that was the one I knew. Yeah, and then at that time I'm telling the Warren brothers, I'm like, "Well, Mitchell's got to. If I'm doing this, Mitchell's got to do this too, because like we're here because of Donna and this whole thing." It, I just think the perspective, like, it took a thousand songs before one got heard. Uh, that's it. Yeah, absolutely, a thousand. Yeah, Easily. yeah. I mean, not even leading up, leading. Up, I'm talking about the shitty songs I wrote in middle school and high school, leading up to my first pub deal, and then that first year of speed date writing. Yeah, uh, I didn't even really get a song heard until I met y'all two years after I signed that deal, and that was first people to really hear my songs, Brian and Tyler. At, yeah, at, at, at Go. and even then. I wouldn't do what I'm doing now. No, no I, I, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, even then, we weren't hearing your songs. We were hearing the songwriter. We were hearing the yeah, songwriter. Yeah. Right, We were hearing, right. like, wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Behind, there's somewhere in the middle of all that shit, there's, yeah. there's some real time. I guess the first time I ever heard, I heard, heard you rap, drop it. And the first thing I ever said, Seth, I, I, was, I was like, yeah, I was like, if that ever shit ever goes away, he's upstairs. He's a staff writer. He's like, the guy's a freaking songwriter. So, yeah, let's sign him. Whatever he wants to do. Because if nothing else, our fallback is he's going to be a hit songwriter here in Nashville. Yeah. So yeah, let's do this. So and that was and and that and whatever that was taken from me being whatever reckless abandoned twenty four year old me, what twenty three year old me was coming in to a meeting with uh, you know at that point all I'd seen of y'all. So I'd have my deal with Sony ATV. The Warren Brothers had still had me under their arms, and they knew I wanted to be an artist. So they were. One guarantee meeting they knew they could get me was to come meet with y'all and Joey over here in this studio. And I had some songs that I'd done with Jimmy Lee Slows. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Jimmy produced my first few sides. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We, 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 we cut them over at Bob Ezra's studio. 
Jeez. Which, uh, Allison Chan, I mean, like, legendary studio. I'm, and I'm 22, 23, just like, holy shit. We cut these four songs, cut, we blacked out, Merle Haggard song, Hole in the Wall, and All My Friends Are Sinners, or something uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. And we come and play them, and I just remember Joey, yeah, the first day I met Joey, but this is, Joey was totally himself. He was like, well, I've heard, I've heard this before to one of them. And then blacked out was one of those that kind of stuck out. And then, you know, two days later uh, we hung out and two days later, next thing I know, it's like y'all are willing to work with me in some capacity, which is all I needed to know. Just keep writing songs. And then, and then I can narrow down who I'm writing with, which the last two years has been, I have no say in that, which you have to do. Yeah, no, coming to this town, you got to speed date and write with everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you have to start off to kind of do that. It really is sort of, it, it really is sort of like I, there's a lot of analogies to like to to like running a restaurant. But you have to start, you have to start off cooking the hamburgers and doing everything, but eventually at some point you got to be front of house and doing all that and saying hey to everybody and you know, and all that stuff goes on behind you. But it start off you're doing it yourself. But yeah, but to, you, know, you have to. But so you have to. Trust the people making pairings for you and stuff, and yeah. all kinds of stuff, which is that's the thing I'm most proud of here is our creative team. All the creative team here is our ability to handle talent, you know, and that's what I love about being a label. We can do it all the way across now. So whether it's a songwriter, whether it's an artist or whatever, we have, we have I feel like we have the best in the business who can handle that and do that and then help help steer somebody from, oh, I want to be a total rap star out in L.A. to... Eh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll fly to LA with you. We'll try. It. We'll let you empty out fucking thousand dollar mini bars. Fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, well, no, but that was the beautiful, the beautiful thing about. Look, I mean, it, and I've been open about this in my podcast too. I mean, I might have had the longest identity crisis of anybody to ever exist, and a lot of it was how I was raised and figuring out who I was and all this shit. And I kind of always had an idea of who I was. I just needed something. To confirm that I'm not wrong about who I am, and when I've when I got linked up with Big Loud, it's like between Rob Roy, like between Delaney's family and Big Loud, those are the two guaranteed places I can 100% be myself and not ever have to apologize or feel like I said something wrong or, uh, you know, like I just think that, and it's because of the the tone you've set here, and it's why we get along. It's okay to just be yourself, and it's okay if you're fucking not like the rest of us, you know. Oh, that that, that that's the price of admission, you know. An, another yeah. another another replicator. Yeah, you know, don't, don't. they do they do they exist, and and the country music every genre needs people that can keep that train going. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I just, but. I think. It might be the the hilly thing to blame from a young age of being exposed to, you know, going to. And I was telling somebody the other day, like Rodney Clawson, okay, legendary songwriter, classic Big Loud writer. Oh yeah. Um, when I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, Rodney was just a name I knew because he was Sydney and Brad's dad, who was in Texas at the time. And I did Christmas Eve five years in a row. With Angie and Sydney and Brad at their house in Brentwood with the Ten Pennies. 
and Rodney was just not there. He was just a name. And Rafe and Mitchell, we'd be at the studio, and Mitchell would come back and have a bunch of Rodney demos he went through. And I remember Mitchell found the Lost in This Moment with your demo tape oh, that wow. Rodney had that Rodney had done. And Mitchell with Jameson Roper at Donna's studio off Linden re-recorded the demo to Lost in This Moment, gave it to Debbie, Mitchell's mom, and Debbie got it to uh John Rich. Wow. And 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 you know, I'm just a middle so I start to see all my only vision of what the fuck happens in the music industry was through that lens. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's it's amazing. I mean, my mom had a real estate building four buildings down on the right. I met Delaney four buildings down on this street, like the alley. At wow. Nash Films was Rob Royer's building. Oh yeah, yeah. Right there. Wow. Um and yeah. he bought it and wanted to make a movie house out of it. Um, and the first records I cut on Music Row were in there in the sound design studio. We turned it into a fucking a brothel. <laughs> brothel. A brothel. <laughs> you got any chicken brothel? <laughs> um, but it, it it's just it's such a blessing to be able to get to do what I do here with you and everybody. The culture that's created a big loud. And I think so. So 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 to cut to that, if yeah. if. If there are young songwriters writing and stuff, once again, there it, it's and, and you and you can't help but do it. You're gonna hear some song radio, and you're gonna write a cousin of that or whatever. But you really do. You think that weirdness part of you. You're trying to stamp it down and keep it out of the way as much as possible. When you don't realize that's the thing. That's the that's the thing. I mean, and that is just like dating, where you're trying to act like every cool guy in the bar. And after you fall in love, it's when the girl tells you that you did that one thing that I, that I, that made me know you were a weirdo, and I liked you because of that. Mm. And it's just like that, in spite of yourself, like it, this little thing that accidentally slipped through. So, because that's what God gave you. Because that, that's that's what I realized. That's why I was writing tempo. Because I got back in the time back when I was coming through. It was, man. It was all these guys and Paul, you know, and Paul Overstreet's and all these guys. And I was, I was trying to write life ballads too. And I was like, I'm 25 years old, and like, and not to mention, and, and like, or like, you know, like, um, like Mike, you know, like, you know, friggin', I mean, just, just, these, just these famous guys and stuff. Mike Reed, you know, for instance, you know, and I'm like, like going, well, I, I, you know, they already got a Mike Reed. You know, they, how am I going to imitate Mike Reed better? Than Mike Reed imitates Mike Reed, so. When I started doing my own thing, like that's what God gave you. That's what sets you aside, but you don't trust that. Now, that's the last thing you want to do. You want to do this, this, this thing you've created that imitates all this other stuff. But the thing you have, that the thing you really have is that unique part of you, but that's what makes it so tough. Because for you to really show, okay, I'm going to break out this unique part of me. It's the trust fall. But yeah, yeah. yeah. On stage in front of a thousand people, I'm gonna really, really be me, and that's the friggin', that's the shit. That's that's tough. It's uh, but it's also, I think it's one of the coolest things in life too. To to, I'm gonna be, I'm I, I'm gonna do me. You know, that's tough. That's just tough. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing, and especially in this. But that's what you got to do because that's the only thing you've got that makes you different. Yeah. Everything you've done up till now might quite possibly just be an amalgamation of everything you've heard. Yeah, it's easy to feel comfortable getting up on stage, 
doing something you know someone else has done. Yeah. More or less doing covers. Yeah. Being a cover man is not is not that tough. Yeah, you're you're, you're karaoke with real instruments with you. But but yeah. but get booked writing your own shit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's um like I said just in life being yourself, man. That's 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 it's tough, but that's what's going to set you aside. And that's how you're going to find that's how you're going to find your real friends. That's how you're going to find your real love of life. That's how you're going to through being yourself. So yeah. Well, you have no problem being you. What, what, did, what, you ever, it, did you ever have any trouble being you? What were you no, ever? No, no, no. You, you know, I was so lucky because I felt like I was a bar drummer here in town, and nobody knew who the hell I was. <clears throat> it's been eighteen. So, so and I wouldn't even come on. I wouldn't even come on Music Row that much. I was just, you know, just so nobody knew who the hell I was. So I was just me, like in lieu of like, because one of these days I'll be somebody cool. Did you ever play at the Starlight? And, and then, and then, no, no, I didn't play Starlight. I played the Hall of Fame. I played all these, you know. I got just, you. And I'm like, there wasn't many bars. That's just a weird thing. Now everybody's, hell, there's more, there's literally, there's more bands and more musicians on Lower Broad than there were in all of Nashville at that time. Yeah, yeah. Like live music and stuff. There was, you had to go, like, Nolensville Road was the only place where there was b- right, a right. bar every mile or two. Right. And that was, but, but yeah, so I was just myself because, who cared? Nobody mattered. I mean, it, 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 it didn't matter. And then all of a sudden, this happened, and all of a sudden, I was being myself, and I couldn't. And I tried to kind of be cool or be something. I, you know, I, could, I don't know, man. I just, yeah, I just sort of. Were you twenty three and was like had a realization and then think where like? No, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just, I've always just been lost when I was doing it, and you know, and and. Try not to be like that's the thing too. Self awareness, you know. I I do some songwriter things about that, but <clears throat> I have a songwriter thing. <laughs> and think about this though, spiritually. First first story in the Bible that involves people is Adam and Eve, right? Adam and Eve, and they're man, they're they're naked in the jungle, baby. Woo! It's all good. It's all good. Everything's there. They they got it. It's all taken care of. God's like, man, you guys run this place. You're a party. Two rules. Don't. There were, there were two trees. Too. There's a tree of life and the tree of knowledge. They're just like, don't. These two. Out of everything else, just leave it alone. So, and it's all a metaphor. And I don't want to get into girl or guy or whatever. It's human nature. Are we sure Adam. you wasn't talking about peyote? <laughs> so, <laughs> so even that, even the peyote was, was in play. I mean, come on. So, um, <laughs> You chose an apple so, over so, Yeah, like, but but human nature ate the apple. And think about it. And this is Old Testament God too. He would smite your ass. He would knock you. He would take you out. Angels, flaming swords, pestilence. I mean, dude, this is the Old Testament God was. was Jesus came along as, as the PR person of all time. His Old Testament God was like not screwing around. Yeah, but 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 so <laughs> Jesus. Was so so Adam and Eve went went expressly against his wishes. And what did he do? Did he spy or anything? No, he just goes, "Okay, you want that? Fine." Self awareness. Here you go. Mm. Mm. Didn't you call it a sin? But it's a curse. It's like self-awareness. There you go. How's that? All of a sudden, I'm naked. All of a sudden, I'm scared. All of a sudden, I'm scared of God. I'm scared of me. I'm scared of what could happen to me out here. So when you look at self-awareness in that respect, where does that put it on the totem pole of things? Like, wow, self-awareness is not that great, no, man. No, it's kind of a curse. It's a curse. It is a freaking curse. Yeah. And let me take this one. Let me take this one step farther. So, 
Game. And that will shut down any creator, any person. Like, how, how's that? Was that line cool? Is that kind of, like, dude? It's, it's just the demi- <sighs> it's the demise of everything. It's we the know demise of, of any yeah. of any creator. To like, yeah. how am I coming off? What's going on? And and for me, I mean, and not not to run anybody down or anything, but where so where in the United States is self awareness probably jacked up to its highest to its highest levels? I would say like Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And we all, as a result, we watch Hollywood and these people running around in that little thunderdome of, well, I'm going to do this so people think this about me. But these people that are thinking about me, they're thinking about them. So they're thinking about they're thinking about how I got to think about how they're thinking about me because they're thinking about me. But they're thinking about how they're going to look about how they're thinking about me when they're thinking about me. They're thinking about and I'm thinking about that. And it's turned into that shit that we I mean, literally is just it's, on, it's just an ongoing reality show. Hell, uh, all of us watching Hollywood and they think they're totally cool and setting the trend. And they don't realize that all of us right here like going, what are these bozos going to come up with next? Because hmm. it's just it's just a pool of just self-awareness of just eating itself. And, and but once again, I'd say this, all, this is all just human nature. But nonetheless, so this is that's where self-awareness will get you. And it will shut you down as a writer so fast. You will your skills as a critic will grow ten times faster than your skills as a creator. So, so there's that. So how can you shut? <laughs> how can how can you shut that off? And I mean, that's a, such a life lesson, though, because I mean, well, <sighs> it's crazy though, because self awareness does go the other way as well. So being right? being self aware right. is healthy in some in some. Capacity as a creator, you're right though because overthinking and like I say all the time, comparison is the devil. As soon as you start comparing yourself to what a, what a, anyone no. else is doing, no. you're ne- you will never be good enough the second you're comparing to somebody else. You're only comparing to see if you if you can level up to them, not if they're leveling up to you. Would you say that that's one of your greatest strengths as a songwriter is your ability to shut off uh, self awareness? Self awareness in the negative context and just focus on the creation. Is that what everybody's saying about me, man? Cool. Is that cool? Is that cool? I've never heard anybody (laughs) break any of this down (laughs) as well as it's being broken down. So I don't know what anybody's saying. Man, It's got to be. I mean, well, well, once again, I have to think about that in terms of me. I mean, you know, shit, I don't know. I mean, but yeah, you just can't. You're talking about not doing it. You just can't, yeah. Nobody made you wear that. Look, look, the worst, really one of the worst things about like Live Like You Were Down and winning a Grammy and all that kind of stuff and lots of interviews and stuff. So many people are like, what do you think about all this kind of stuff? I'm just like, going like, I don't have answers to that shit. I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I don't care. And, and just this. My life, my role is to be an observer, and to be the observed is kind of well. First off, it sucks, and I mean I don't like it. I feel I feel like I'm a very boring subject. <laughs> you know, it's just, just like why is everybody fucking talking to me? Like just going about your life, going about your life, and say something stupid to your girlfriend so I can write a song about it next week. I mean, I just you know it's just that thing of just that. I don't know why anybody wants to listen. We're gonna have to do a part three. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, Ernst started off with 12 questions for me. He got to two and a half on the first well, one. No, I, We're all the way down to 4.5 now. I will let you know, a lot of a lot of these episodes, we do have bullet points of just kind of a guideline. And two episodes in, I have not had a single bullet point. It's all been personal questions and thoughts. And I just want to see. That's what makes this good, though. That's what makes. And, 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 and look, man, that, and, and, and think about this also. So, 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 so here's another thing. When it comes to the self-awareness thing. Think about the coolest people you have ever known. 
the coolest, funnest people you've ever known. And they are the people, correct me if I'm wrong, but have no idea how they're coming off, or at least very little idea how they're coming off. I can think of so many of my buddies <laughs> that just say and do shit where you're just, I mean, Tompkins is one, Tony Mullins, the Tompkins, they're just, uh, this Rolodex yeah. is going. Of these people, you're just like, holy shit. And if they had self-awareness, it would ruin them, but it makes them so, they're so freaking cool yeah. because they don't have the faintest idea Rob how they're Royer. coming <laughs> people that don't have the faintest idea how they're coming off, those are the people that you're just yeah. fascinated with. They're just like, holy shit. Yeah. And once again, so the a- absence of self-awareness and how friggin' cool that is, you know, it, it's, you know. Well, that's yeah. it, it, it's not it, ignorance is bliss is such a broad statement, yeah. but but the lack of self-awareness is bliss. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally, and and you know Delaney's family, and as you know too well, they're they're shamelessly exactly who they are, and, and they're both extreme extreme artists and independent creators, and that's why when I met them, like I was telling you, like I grew up in a household that had no creators in it. It was coach and real estate agent, great family, yeah. But when I finally met a creative family who accepted me for exactly who I was. And I got to be shamelessly myself and make stupid jokes and say raunchy things. And it was <laughs> fine because it's just, I can't stop being who I am. And they let me be that. And then y'all let me be that. That's why the last, the last eight years have just been 10 years almost have just been yeah yeah better yeah. because of it. Um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, like I said, just so when it comes to any writer out there, well, for anybody living their life in particular, but. Any writer out there, um, yeah. It, First of all, move to Nashville if you really want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to, like I said, I, 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 that old day of, of like I said, the, the fact the gates are down and everything, but especially if you want to be a writer, if you want to be an artist, I mean, who knows, but I would just say you get here regardless. I mean, you just have to, you have to know. It's like, and not to me, because there's that thing that it tests you, man, and it should. And as far as I'm concerned, that's probably the one TikTok thing that's the problem. I think you moving to Nashville... That in itself just shows that you're how serious you are. You try to play this these soda shop discovery things of somebody who is, you know, I mean, I put it this way. How lucky were we like a Carrie Underwood who literally was like, wasn't she taking tickets at a movie theater in, mm-hmm. in, in Butthole, Oklahoma? She does this show, she's amazing and everything. And then it turns out she had all these other things. She had the tenacity, she had the drive, she showed up for the song things. All all these other boxes that have to get checked that are tough it just so happened she had them mm-hmm. as but that's the reason why how many stars have come out of american now well one or two out of all those people because frankly there are a lot of those artists crashed and burned because yeah, you can those, check enough boxes to win that show yeah well, but, but, but you but, can't but, check but, enough boxes to keep winning exactly to keep going so yeah so getting here and getting tested and getting and getting you know, getting here and getting tested. Get told and, no, and then don't no. stop. <laughs> that, that 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 whole thing is it will break you down and and turn you into something new, which should which I think is yourself. Because mm-hmm. not I mean, there's so many people who exist in this little. I write these songs. My mom just tells me I'm great, and my girlfriend. They're just yours. This little safe bubble. And you get here, and nobody's here to tell you that. You also get here, and just like I told on the first thing, on that first night, I went to go see Tony Arata sitting beside Garth Brooks singing, singing the dance and singing some of his songs, and I'm just like, holy shit. Right. What am I doing? I'm in the ocean with fish that big and that fast and that cool. 
And here's my little guppy ass back here drinking my Rolling Rock beer. But you know, thinking, Garth drove his some. ass back home too after his first trip to Nashville. Yeah, it's because he heard he had a, Garth had a similar story where he went. I dude, think it was the Bluebird or somewhere else. He heard somebody seeing something. He said, "Well, if this is what I'm fucking up against." I'm out. Yeah, man. It, it's, I just ha- I'm lucky enough for my I'm out to be three minutes. I mean, down I, mean the road. I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> but it, it 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 really is that analogy. You've been playing pick pick up. You've been playing pickup basketball with your brother, and all of a sudden you walk on walk onto a court, and there's Michael there's Michael Jordan, and it's like, oh, I didn't know the game worked like that. I I I I, I, I can't even see the ball. Much less, what the hell am I supposed to do with a ball I can't even see? And mm-hmm. and yeah, and you and you realize like, well, I'm going to be in for a couple of years of getting my ass kicked by Michael Jordan every day. And like, and you and you that's when you realize like, I got to settle in for that. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to do that. It's like, well, yeah, well, cool, yeah, that's good, fine. go. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I, it's not for everybody. I get it, <laughs> you know. But if you want to do it, it's here. But there's a bit of yeah. There's a bit of old person getting crushed and done away and the new person kind of coming out of that, you know. Um you know, yeah. I mean it, it used to be the I was reading some books, the old the old school boot camps back when they were sixteen weeks long. That was the whole like Marines in particular, that was their whole point of getting you there. And it really was that shame and all that kind of stuff. They were getting you off your mama's teat and all this kind of shit. And their whole point was, no, no, first we're just gonna pulverize you and treat you like a worm because the the young man that arises from that is who we're after. It was 16 weeks of just, dude, like, holy shit. So, you know, that was their whole yeah, point. Them. Speak that how, how brutal is, how brutal is, uh, how brutal is the first, whatever. Did you do 16 weeks? Is it? Yeah, I, I did. It was like 15 when I went through. But I mean, that's exactly what it's designed to do. It's, yeah, it's that, that's the designation. It wasn't like break you oh, down it would, entirely. Oh, it just turns out this happens. Like, no, that's the whole the psychology of it is precisely that. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's stripping you down from what you know, what you're comfortable with, and just building you back up into that man or woman that you're supposed to be. It's yeah. taking everything that's comfortable and everything that you value so close and stripping it all away, and seeing how you do amongst a pool of people who are also doing that yeah but so everybody's starting from scratch yeah it's they they shave your head they give you the same clothes wear the same socks the same height strip your identity and insert a new one or at least give you the opportunity to build a new one right i mean like there were people that i encountered who had never seen a black person before yeah and like I, I tell this story all the time when I talk to people and like how, how it could kind of sum up the military for me is when I was, when I was in Korea, I had five people knocking at my door. When I first got there, I had a cowboy, I had a skateboarder, I had a surfer dude, hip hop guy. And that's exactly what it does. Cause you, you definitely don't lose like your sense of style, I guess you can say, or right. like, you know, your roots, but you do like share a common bond now of going through that process of being stripped down yeah. and built back up. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, the intensity of what we do is not comparable to... No, 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 not, to, not, 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 not at all. Military. But, but, but the psychological breakdown the of psychological, what it's going to take yeah. to fucking get, get through, you just... Being comfortable is not an option, it, especially for the first couple of years. You can work hard to get comfortable, 
But if you really, if you yeah, want to it, keep your feet in it, it's not comfortable. It, it, from everything I hear, it's not as intense and focused as boot camp, but it is crushingly longer. It's crushingly longer of that, of that. You got nothing. I'm scrambling. I'm trying to come up with something here. And yeah, and and but the, but the brotherhood that comes out of that, people who come through that, people in my class, and the people who who I've gone through that, just just like other simplify and all that kind of stuff. People who've gone through it and yeah. do that stuff. I didn't have and, a cut my first two and a half years yeah, at and, all. And, in the and pub get to the point where you're having multi number ones like that. You know, we can always look at each other across the room and just like, hey man, yeah, simplify. There you go, dude. I had I, I was leaving Hawaii. And I had an opportunity to go back home to California, but what I knew back home was my mom, you know, my family, you know, some like that crush that I could definitely lean on. Something being said about being able to, to survive and make something of yourself when your back's against the wall. Nobody's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I saw a great thing on TikTok. It was this lady. She was probably in her late forties. And she said, and, and or it might have been on Reddit, and somebody says, what's the greatest thing your parents ever did for you? And she said, my mother. She said, I come out of college with a boyfriend, and he and I were living together, and we lived together for about eight or nine months, and then we broke up, and he moved out. And I called my mom, and I said, well, I'm coming home. If, if, you know, if, if I can't find a roommate, I'm coming home. And he said, my mother said, said, I don't care what you got to do. Said, you stay in that apartment by yourself. Even if you got to work another job or anything, like, like you learn that you can make it on your own, and it will serve you the rest of your life, honey. She said because she goes because things are going to happen, divorces happen, people die, whatever. But you knowing that you can make it on your own will serve you the rest of your life. And yes, I'm your mother, and yes, I want you to come home, and I want to take care of you right now. But I am taking care of you. You stay there, and you keep that apartment, and you make it work, and you figure it out. And she was just like, and she just had that sense. You could just, you could tell it's a cool lady who just had that shit about her. She had her shit together. It just came off of her, and she was just like the best thing she ever said to me. Yeah. And it really was. It was just like, wow, that, that was straight up. There's yeah. so much, you know, nowadays there's a lot of, there's a lot of. It's easy to be soft. There's a lot of, there's a lot of 35-year-olds living in basements and shit like that. And it's like, dude. You know, you know, I, you know, I, I get it. I, 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 you know, I, I, I get it. I get it if I want to get it. You know, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've yeah. slept, I've slept in cars, man. You know, it's, it's fine, yeah. it's fine, fine. Good time of year for it. I was lucky. Spring, spring. Well, look, um, if you do want to sleep in your car, spring, spring or fall. That's that's the way to that, go, go for that's that. Our message to up and coming songwriters who want to move to Nashville: be willing to sleep in that goddamn car. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's it's a inevitable. We're gonna have to do a part three with Craig. I'm gonna do a part three. We gotta do. I mean, you just gotta be a regular. I knew that Jelly Roll would be a regular. Uh, Hardy's a regular, but you and me are kind of onto a thing right now. We kind of just, we might, it might just be just being earnest in Craig. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. You have, no, you have two good. You know, no, I, I just want to keep having we gotta you write on. A song sometime. Well, we I know we got to write, but uh, on or off camera, I just, I wish we could hang more and uh, just soaking up yeah. your perspective on life. 
Everybody is listening to this podcast is blessed for getting to hear your through your lens. Well, and, and, and a chance to get to sit down and talk to you like this anymore. I mean, like, you know, well, I get to. I mean, is this some of my realest conversations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah is, your is time right is valuable. I mean, you're you're rocking and rolling these days, man. And you're mm-hmm. freaking. You're. I mean, you'd be busy enough as a songwriter, and now that artist thing too. It's like, man, and, and yeah, a so. dad, and uh, you know, oh, an acclaimed podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> all so much, but but, uh, but thank thank you for taking your time. Oh man! Coming doing man, this again. Man. I'm a I fan of the show. Piss I, I, like I really a racehorse. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have to pee so bad. I've considered peeing in my pants three that, times today. Three times. Twice part, before I even part, got here. Part, part three will be the adult diaper sessions. Diaper. 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 Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys. It's just being earnest with my boy Cat Daddy Craig Wiseman. Thank you guys uh, so much. Uh, uh, just being earnest just being earnest just being earnest just being earnest